0: Welcome back to Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Ross. Hi, Tom. And Joey. Hi. And Mike. Hey. Say, today um, I, have a, I have a question and I'd like your, your input on the question. It's kind of a, a thought experiment, too. Um, I've been thinking lately do we actually make kids less safe with more rules? Now, yeah. this, <laughs> well, okay, that, that's it. Sure that, Thank that, you for listening. You're really <laughs> great. Thanks everybody. Uh, and let me tell you where it's coming from. I do a I do a blog and this last week I was I was talking about an apparatus where the kids were actually climbing on the sensory table. And somebody got back to me and said, um, you know, that's really dangerous." And I thought to myself, Actually, it wasn't very dangerous because I was there supervising. In fact, I thought if the children were outside climbing things, it would be more dangerous because there's there's less close supervision. Mm-hmm. But by by making rules in the classroom about you can't do you can't climb on this, you can't stand on that. What happens is it takes the uh, uh, the attention of the teacher to enforce the rules where they're not really looking at the kids, whether it's really safe or not, or whether mm-hmm. it's really something they can do. Mm-hmm. Does that well, make any I, think, sense? I
1: think some of yeah. it might come down to the difference between rules and guidelines, because there probably are things that would not be safe to climb on in a classroom. Right. I mean, maybe not yours, because I know mm-hmm. you also talk about that you changed the materials you build your apparatus with because... Or apparatuses, apparatus.
0: It could be either apparatus okay. or apparati. Okay.
1: Well, any one particular apparatus that you build, you are conscious of the materials because you know children might want to climb to reach the top of it or, you know, like pouring. So I've heard you talk about that, you know, when you have taller columns, you want to make sure, you kind of check, like, if a child grabbed this to pull himself up or herself up, right. that it would it's be stable. strong enough. Yeah. yeah, that's stable enough. Or obviously not stable, right? There are going to be right. things that are just right. clearly not.
0: So I'm 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 wondering because when I see when I see kids climbing on that apparatus, I'm, I've already started to make some moment to moment decisions mm-hmm. about right. the how capable the child is, what uh, what what's their strength, what's their balance. Uh, making all these decisions about that child, and it's for each individual child because they're they're each at a different place. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so can it, I ask, if there's a child that, say, doesn't have the best balance, what do you do as the teacher? Is it a question to the child? Is it a...
0: I move closer. Okay. I move mm-hmm. closer to that child. So, in fact, if something did happen, I'm there. Um. And that's why, uh, well, I I don't know. I think we, we try and make too many rules, especially well, in the classroom.
2: Well, I, I, yeah, I think you already <clears throat> said this, but I think it would the way the way that I think too many rules might make it less safe. Because I, mean, I don't think it's a direct line necessarily, but it is what you just said is that the the teachers then aren't getting the practice and the children in kind of critical thinking because it, it it's it's right. it's, it's not. You know it's not necessarily the rule that keeps someone safe. it's 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 the decision making, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, because most of the, you know the example of the kid climbing uh, to reach a high spot in your sensory table, you know you know this because you've been because you've been watching them, and I know this because I've watched kids. it's they're also, for the most part, assessing as they go. you know they they put their hand on to to kind of pull up. you know mm-hmm. if that thing is wiggling like crazy, they're probably not going to keep going. I mean, there is an internal drive to stay right. safe. And if even, there's a child who doesn't, doesn't have, know
1: to check that, that's the the, sure. the skill you give them at the point of like, oh, do you sure. think that will hold you?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think mm-hmm. there's you know, rules. And... Yeah, uh, yeah, anyway, um there's rules that for things that you just know that a kid might not be able to, to think ahead about that you might... I mean, kind of like you were you were pushing back on me a little while ago on an episode where you were like, well, rules versus... I think you said rules versus guidelines. To, you know, to call everything a rule makes it sound like it's a universal... Your interpretation of rule is universal for all time. Is law. Is law, exactly, right. in every situation right. versus like, oh, today the floor is wet, so we're not going right. to run or wh- whatever, you know, it's kind of situational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, what I was really trying to say was, I, I, th- I think that a rule can almost make your brain weaker, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like it's, like it's, well, it's too much of a support and then you don't get that.
3: I think you said it's, it's, we're taking away critical thinking. Yeah. And that it's that idea that the goal being, once you get to be older, you're going to be able to start to self-assess and go, is this something that feels safe? Or is And I think that idea of, we're always like, oh, be careful, be careful, be careful, versus do you feel safe right now? Right. And if we were to switch that to get children thinking, should I climb this? Right. Can can I do this? And that in the very earlier years, it's harder because children are going to see one person and they're going to want to do it. Not, and there's the difficulty of... They have to of, kind of
1: learn their own abilities versus just right. assuming, well, if that person can do it, I can do it. Right. Just like they see someone climb up high on a tree. and like, Right. Can you put me up there? It's like, right. Well no, can you <laughs> climb, you know, right, like right. but it is something that's something they right. have to learn. Right. But I
2: think and, it's just as important for the teachers. I'm am almost more thinking it's the, it's it's the skill of the teachers that, mm-hmm. I, that worries me more in the overly rule situation Right, because right because you
0: st- because if the teacher starts r- um, just relying on the rule, right. they're not really they're not really focused on the child. They're right. focused right. on the rule. And, and from the teacher's sure point the of view,
1: I think it's not just that they're focused on the rule. I think what they would say probably Is they're focused on? They want to teach self regulation, Mm -hmm. right? And I feel like this word self regulation is a buzzword right now in our field, but it often means limiting children, right? Versus, it's not even co-regulation, right? It's the teacher regulating, but they sort of say, "Oh, it's because they haven't learned self regulation," but they're self
0: regulation is really. Um, it's really the self has to practice it right so for instance, the one little boy started to climb onto the on, onto the lip of the sensory table and he was holding on mm-hmm. the post um, and he lost his balance and he went and he stepped backwards because he was trying to stand up straight right and so he stepped back back onto the floor he didn't fall mm-hmm. he didn't stop. what he did is he did it again, and this time when he went to stand up. He actually, the, his torso moved over the table. So he, so was, he was counterbalancing. So yeah, right. he, he was he He was counterbalancing. And, you know, if, just think about all that child is learning about mm-hmm. self regulation yeah. and about what mm-hmm. he can and can't do. Whereas if I said, no, you can't climb right. on the table. Right, right,
2: right. Well, and also when you just tell it, sorry, Ross, if I'm interrupting you, when you just tell child, like, that's against the rule. Like it sometimes it becomes as simple as you're breaking the rule. We we don't x and such, but then that you've taken away the sort of why you know like mm-hmm. oh I don't want you to climb on there right now. You're just wearing socks and they're slippery, or what you know like where you have more explanation right. versus like that's against the rule. That's that's also taking the thinking away from the from the child and from the teacher because mm-hmm. then it just becomes like well I want to teach kids that they have to follow the rules and mm-hmm. you've lost the whole thread mm-hmm. of why the rules right. exist.
3: Right and. Well, to the point that the counterbalancing type that you were just talking about, Tom, and I think to go with that, Joy, that you can't, we can't teach self-regulation without first having means to, to regulate, something to regulate. So children, in a sense, have to reach a level that doesn't feel safe or maybe feels too excited or something to then go, okay, this is where okay. that line is. You've now hit that point where it's hard to come back or that if you're going to climb this high... You're not so sure that requires the
1: teacher being there, right? You got to Which be there. Which your point, right To that... be
3: to do the modeling, to be to be able to reassure the child that you are safe because I'll be here to make sure that we can practice this as we work with babies who are just learning to walk. We know they're going to fall over and over and over. I
1: was going to ask you to bring back the metaphor from <laughs> <laughs> <several laughs>
3: done. I've been using, ago. I've been using that in a lot of conversations, and it feels like it really applies because it's that idea that we continually in those early years we encourage that repeated failure and challenge and walking and falling for a baby is only a few inches from the ground so it's not very dangerous or hazardous but it's a really big challenge and it probably feels if we were to somehow tap into the psyche <laughs> yeah, of the baby, yeah. like probably feels kind of scary and exciting right. and all these things but we're going to we're going to reward and encourage that. So I think that idea of looking at how do we f- support that kind of regulation it, we're going to we're not able to if it's always it's the rule because I said so mm-hmm. or you're never going to be able to get past the rule to really understand where to regulate you just become obedient and then you just sit there and wait so then I feel like I don't know I would say it's probably creating more unsafe Because children will still find challenges. I mean,
1: the example you're using, both your example of climbing the table and yours, it's the vestibular sense and the sort of conscious, you know, use of that vestibular sense, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to lean over a bit more this time and and learn that. And if children don't learn that now, um, they can't do a lot of things. And the more rules there are, the less they're likely to explore. If they're told, oh, I'm not right. sure if this one, if I'm allowed to do this one. So it's almost like... Or,
0: or, they're, or they're skirting the rules <clears> in <throat> such a way that it, it becomes dangerous for them. Right. I, right. I will do right. it when the teacher's not looking. Because right. they they, so they right. still I, want to do yeah, it. They still want to do it, and they need and that And they outlet. still should. I mean, they that's they the one thing, it. is right. I feel
1: like as much as we talk about the whole child, like that child has a body all the time, mm-hmm. and that child is developing skills that... If you want to get into like school success later sitting in a chair, you know we've talked about it, but like kids fall out of chairs and mm-hmm. there's evidence now that they fall out of chairs at a much older age because they're not developing the vestibular sense yeah. because or the core or the core yeah, their core mm-hmm. muscles, yeah, it's the combination of core muscles mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. vestibular sense, but
2: and it, we've we've talked about this, but there's also uh, in some other episode, I think there's also sort of where the rules come from and sort of looking mm-hmm. at a slightly different spin on safety like does that teacher excuse me, um, feel safe to, to take a risk in their classroom, or do they think my job is to follow all the rules that have been told to me, not explained to me, but I know that there's all these rules about how we have to do X and F, the mysterious licensing, the mysterious other accrediting body or whatever it might be, why well, I've got to follow all these rules without understanding why those agencies might... Make, I mean, it, like, and so then the teacher's interpretation of their job is just to look like they're following the rules for whatever powers that be, mm-hmm. and then they don't feel safe right. to take a risk with a kid because they don't understand yeah. where the, well, I just know there's a rule that we can't, I don't know, we so can't finger that, paint because it could be poisonous, or, you know, it's, and that's not probably accurate, you know. Well,
0: there's, uh, why is there a rule why you can't stand on the lip of the table?
1: Well, I mean, that's that's just it, but that's the thing, like, I think if there was a supervisor, if it was a situation where there's a supervisor for the teacher, if the supervisor says, no, there's no rule about standing on the table, they can do it, that's not helping the teacher either, right? Because now the teacher's like, okay, that's the rule I follow. Right. And (laughs) what you want to do is ask the question you just did. So why don't you think the child should stand on the table? Let's talk about that. And then the teacher can be reflective, Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: they can bring that same parallel process to the child of, like...
0: I think I think it, there's a process of not even right. thinking.
1: Yeah,
0: a rule, that's what a rule does. It, it yeah. stops you from even thinking or right. assessing, or which which in the end makes it less safe for the child because mm-hmm. he won't. The, you, in a way, you have to model it for the child, so right. they're, yeah. so they're able to do it too.
3: Well, I think there's also a part that for a lot of teachers, especially that are in very high ratio mm-hmm. and you know there's there is that feeling of rules do create that that seemingly that safety net mm-hmm. but i've i think we've talked about it a number of times in, in you know many previous episodes where the rules that many of us follow are you have to take care of yourself you have to take care of each other and you have to take care of the toys and materials three rules are very easy to follow and then once children have more abstract thinking capabilities You can go, wait, no hitting. That falls under, and so there can be that. But I feel I'm kind of wrestling with this idea about the teachers are going to say, yeah, but I can't be there with every single child because I've got a, I've got, one to ten, mm-hmm. and I've got three who are on, uh, who have IPS, two who don't, right. who are yet to be, mm-hmm. uh, assessed, but definitely need it. And I've got to still get all my personal assessments done because it's conference times coming up. So I can't be there with right. every single person. So how, and I, in the heck do I do this? And
1: I have to say, like, having seen, you know, many classrooms, what I find is that the teachers who, go more with this idea that Tom's talking about and helping kids assess themselves, Mm -hmm. those kids become more independent and the teacher is actually freer to help the kid who needs help and the teacher is constantly saying rules, well now all 10 kids have to wait for the rule or break the rule and be told they're breaking it. So having lots of rules makes it harder as a teacher with the ratios but I see teachers do it once they do it they're like but I have to do the rules and I can't do it for all 10 And it's so hard to say, yeah, but you'll get to this point, like spend the time now helping children figure out what they can figure out on their own. So they only need you for the things they can't. And I see a lot of teachers who go into that sort of dig their own hole. And then they're Mm -hmm. like, what do I do to get out? Mm -hmm. And my answer isn't, oh, here's the rule that will help, which is what (laughs) they're asking for. It's like, oh, let's get rid of these rules and allow the children to do more. Give up some of your control in the classroom, you know, share the control with the kids. And it's, like, a scary idea. Because sure. Lord of
3: the Flies will ensue, yeah. and it's going to be...
1: And I find that when teachers really do let go of that, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. look at that, like, this...
3: But it, but it is scary, and I think oh, there's yeah. that acknowledgement of, like... And if you don't have a developmental background, if you don't have a trust with either this the program or your teaching team or with the children themselves yet, because... You've kind of seen this hierarchy of, you do what I say because I'm the teacher and I, because I said so. Well, then there is that feeling. Of, well, then how, how do we establish that mm-hmm. self regulation to that the children can do this themselves? But there is that there's going to have to be that trust of, I know you can do this but we gotta it's <laughs> yeah, gonna take right, right, some right, time yeah, yeah. and it's to me it's like it's a microcosm of what we do with the educational system here in yeah, this country yeah. anyways right. that we're not gonna put the time and money up front to invest right away to have the outcomes of better better human beings down right, the road Right. it's just we're gonna keep putting band-aids on these bullet wounds and just yeah, trying yeah. to keep you know Doing triage versus right. actual growth and development. The more we let kids
1: climb on structures in preschool, the less special ed we'd be paying for in third grade or whatever. So, so
0: you, you you bring up an interesting point, or maybe you weren't bringing it up, and I it just went there for me. As, no, I was probably bringing it up
3: because <laughs> <coughs> that was only.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it, it made me think about adults and their own self regulation. Yeah. In the classroom, as an how do I regulate myself in in this whole milieu? Mm -hmm. But mm, maybe we'll (laughs) leave it at that (laughs) and uh, let let them let you think about your own self regulation and think about. We're going to pass the
1: control over to uh, you. uh, (laughs) uh,
0: Yeah, and think about rules and whether they're really helping or not.
1: Uh, Is that uh, like you're giving them a rule? That's no,
0: I'm giving them a (laughs) suggestion, maybe a guideline. I don't know, but. You know, thanks. This really went better than I thought.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Thanks for taking the (laughs) risk. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Mind. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.